The Predators trim their training camp roster to 26 players. We'll look at who's in and who's out. Plus, Preds start the preseason 0-4. How concerned should we be about that, really? Plus, heading into the last week of camp, what should Preds fans watch out for? We'll talk about that today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and normally Ann Kimmel is with me, but instead uh, we are bringing in the Kevin Lincoln into her UC Saros, Alex Doherty from Penalty Box Radio. Alex, thank you for jumping on, man. Definitely. What's up, Nick? How are you? Uh, it is October, which means, man, finally, finally regular season hockey this month. This month. That's right. Yeah. yeah Exciting. We were, yeah. We were, we were talking earlier, uh, you know, a, couple, a while ago is just the Preds not making the playoffs for some reason seems to make the offseason like a year and a half longer than, than even just getting knocked out of the first round uh yes. makes it seem it just seems like forever since we've seen any meaningful Preds hockey yeah it, it has been a long summer but at the same time with the draft here it uh it, it felt like it felt very busy now the the month of August is always the worst month of the year I mean yeah. for, for me personally like there's I mean it's like you know you have you have almost nothing happening in the hockey world it's like there's occasionally a signing or like a, something that happens that's, that's worth talking about, but it is just such a desert and August is gone. And then September you get training camp, obviously, but man, I'm, I, it, it has been, it does feel like it's been a long summer. Yeah. Uh, luckily we're getting closer uh, because the first Rashville Predators regular season game is a week from tomorrow. Uh, a couple of preseason games still to get to. And of course, some big storylines regarding who's going to be on the team. And that's where we start today. The Predators trimming their roster to 26 players. Uh, a lot of players sent to Milwaukee, most notably guys like Spencer Stastny, Joachim Kamel, Yaroslav Askarov, and everyone's favorite retro pred, Cal O'Reilly. Still the best O'Reilly on the team, let's be honest. Uh, Alex, looking at the news yesterday, um, any sort of, you know, standout or, or takeaway from the roster moves? Yeah, I mean, the, the one that stands out the most is is Mark Delgaizo still being around. Um, I still don't really, I, I you know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen over the next week or so. They have two more preseason games to play. Sorry, I have this light in my eye. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, you're good. Uh, so, there we go. Um, we still don't know exactly what's going to happen over the last over the next week. They got two more preseason games, so you know likelihood. And you know the Admirals' camp starts this week, but you know they don't have any games for a while, so it's likely that at least we'll see some of these guys come up because they got two more preseason games. They don't want to play their full roster for both those games. Uh, but Del Guizzo still being in, in camp it surprises me only because I just I 
I would have thought Spencer Stastny or Jake Livingstone would have made that uh, that cutoff uh, before him. Um, Delgaizo has been fine, but if, if you have the choice between Delgaizo, who has not any NHL experience, and another guy who does, who's probably got a better skill set, I'm talking about Stastny, of course. You know what? Why? Why? Why go with him? But I, I don't know. Maybe they they like something in him better, or maybe they just want to see him in camp for a, a few more days before they make their final decision. Yeah, let's talk about Delgado a little bit because you know Anna and I have talked about this uh, a lot. Where you know he was sort of you know the top dog in the in the Predators franchise uh, in terms of defensive depth for for a little bit. You know, of course, he had the you know helped UMass get to the national title. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that really liked his play in the development camps. And I think when he came in, a lot of people were like, Oh, you know, this, this might be a guy who might make some noise at the NHL level. And, yeah. and then he kind of got passed on the depth chart by guys like Spencer Stastny yeah. um, and, and, you know, some of some other players coming in. And so it, it seems like we kind of forgot about him a little bit and, you know, heading into this camp, I mean, yeah, like I agree with you. Like, you know, there, there's guys like Spencer Stastny that maybe have some more upside, more NHL experience. But at the same time, you know, Mark Delgaizo has looked pretty good uh, in camp. Better than some regular NHL guys out there. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but it's times yeah. with Bear Me Bazan. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't hate it. Um, you know, we, we were talking about this on, you know, our penalty box radio chat and I thought Boyd Farish made a good point of it. It's like, you know, it's, you know, if you're looking at just like any one skill set that jumps out, you know, Spencer Stassi is going to have better skating than Mark Delgado. Jake Livingstone might be, you know, better, you know, more of a stalwart in front of his own net than Mark Delgado. But at the same time, like Delgado has been solid enough in a lot of different areas uh, that, you know, he has stood out and he has looked, you know, NHL ready. I think one thing that stands out for him, uh, for me, is his mindset. So um, the other day, this was a, a week a week or so ago when we, we had this whole day where we got to talk to almost all of them. I mean, we got we got a lot of guys to come up to the podium um, and we wanted to get a lot of guys that, you know, we probably wouldn't see over the course of the year. You know, I mean, we got. Like we got Troy Grosnick up there. We got uh, Mark Delgaizo. We got um, Joachim Kemmel. We got Svechkov. You know, all these guys that we're probably not going to see anytime soon, but but that we we wanted to talk to. And a lot of them had had very similar um, takes on on the camp. You know, they're they're happy to be here. Maybe a little bit you know overwhelmed with everything that's happening. I mean, they're out there trying to compete with thirty year old veterans. Uh, but Delgaizo had a <clears throat> seemed very different. He came up like almost uh, I, I don't want to say angry, but he came up like very focused. Yeah, uh, he was like uh, I have. He kind of he I think he said I have kind of a chip on my shoulder, and I I want to prove that I I'm I'm the guy that they should be calling on. I mean. He didn't say like I'm better than Stastny or I'm better than Jake or I'm better than Jeremy or whatever. But like that was the vibe was he wanted to prove that I am here to be the best and to make the team and to be in Nashville when the season opens. So like I think his mindset probably more than anything was 
stood out to me. I mean, he just he definitely had a different vibe than those other guys. Yeah, and he talked about that. I mean, it's got to be tough for him, uh, you know, seeing, you know, Spencer Stastny get called up and, you know, at times like Jordan Gross and Roland McCown and, you know, some of these veteran guys. Uh, that was a guy who really wanted his chance. And, hey, like if, if this is the year that it happens, like good for him because he's making the most of his chance. The only other takeaway uh, from the Preds roster news yesterday, yeah. Alex, and, and I'd like to start this off by saying I'm not like – gung-ho about this like i'm not like grabbing like the like the pitchforks and torches and heading to barry trotz's office or anything like that i'm just bringing it up as in yokum kamel maybe deserved like one or two more preseason games and i'm not saying that like he doesn't have anything that he needs to work on like he's still you know, I, I think, you know, you and I have talked, he, he still has some things he needs to work on. Um, nobody was really expecting him to make the team, um, but he he has been a strong standout, I, I think, both in the practices and in the preseason games. Um, so I thought, like, maybe Brunette would have kept him just one more time, maybe be like, okay, maybe you've played well enough to sort of earn a spot. Um, but, but that was kind of the only other one that I was like, uh, okay, maybe, maybe that could have been something else. I, I, I do, I do think that we will see him in one more game. I think he's going to come up and play in one of those two games this week. I, I don't know. Um, I can't promise that or anything, but I, I can't see a scenario in which they don't give him at least one more, one more shot. I mean, these are these, the, the moves yesterday, they, they scream paper moves to me. I mean, I think a lot of these guys are still here. And, you know, maybe maybe some of them that are obviously going to be in Milwaukee to start are there. But like, I just feel like Kimmel probably is going to get another chance. Having said that, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, he's been fantastic and he's he was great in the 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 very he was, well, he was great in the rookie showcase. And he was pretty much the only threat, I think, in the in the first two games against Florida, although that game, those games were horrible. Yeah. And then on uh, I'm trying to think, did he score on? Yeah, he, he did score. He scored the last game. Yeah. Yeah. In the last game. That's right. The the goal right in front, the pass from Trennan. Yeah. So he scored that one. And yeah, he's looked great. I mean, he has a skill set that they need. He has a skill set that they need badly in a position that they've never really developed well. Um, I I would not be shocked at all if he starts in Milwaukee to to, to begin the season. But yeah, I, I think they need to see him a little bit more this week. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's going to be something interesting to watch in the last couple of preseason games to see if there's anybody that comes back up from the Admiral's camp. Uh, as we alluded to, uh, the Predators have played four preseason games and uh, the vast majority of them, uh, yeah, they, they didn't go well. We'll talk about what to make of the Predators 0-4 start and whether there's actually anything in those games that maybe should concern fans. We'll get to that in just a second, but first I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Uh, we all know what makes a winning team, passion, drive, and patience, and that's what brings home the trophies. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Pit, 
Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. All right, Alex, we are talking about the Nashville Predators training camp so far. And uh, one of the big takeaways has been that the Predators have yet to win uh, a preseason game. Oh, in four this year. Of course, the caveat is it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. Random people are coming into the lineup in and out every game. Um, But I I will ask, um, is there anything in these preseason games that make you go, huh? That, that that may be bad. Um, I think the first two you can throw out pretty pretty handedly. Yeah. Um, I, talking to some of the team, like when they came back, they they seemed like they they knew that that was going to be a pretty rough day for them because they knew they were going to play all the young kids, you know, the Kalen Lins and the eighteen year olds and Tanner Mullendykes and all those people, uh, all the draft picks, and they knew that they were going to be up against Florida's best top guys, you know, yeah. I mean, Kalen Lynn going up against Sasha Barkov, like what, what in the world is he supposed to do in that, in that matchup? Like that's, yeah. he's gonna, he's not going to succeed at this level yet. So, um, so the first two, I, I really wouldn't worry about. It, it's really that third game against Tampa that they lost two to one at home to a really depleted, kind of the opposite where the, the yeah. top lineup for the national predators is in and the, very D team of the lightning is in, including a guy in goal who just stoned them left and right. Matt Tompkins. Um, now they recovered Saturday and played a lot better and scored several goals and, and nearly won that game. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing to be concerned about, but I, I did want to point out this and I know people are going to roll their eyes at, at this a little bit because I'm pulling up advanced stats in the uh, preseason. Let's go. But <laughs> But I think this is important. Okay, so the last three games. So the the, the first game, the five nothing loss, terrible. That was a really bad game. Yeah. The last three games in the preseason, five on five expected goals percentage. So like anything over fifty percent here is good. Fifty three percent in game two, fifty six percent in game three, and sixty one percent on Saturday against Tampa. Mm-hmm. So three plus games where they had an expected goals percentage of over 50% and also getting better each game. Right. So like improving 61%. I mean, if you play 82 games and get 61% expected goals, every game, you're going to win a lot of games. So I feel like there's a lot that's going well. They still haven't even really Im- implemented everything that they're going to do yet. And uh, it's, it's, it's the trend for me that I think you'd like to see is they're getting better as they go along Maybe they see one of their maybe they win one of these last two games and, and even have that momentum going into the regular season. But I, I think I think overall there's a lot of good things. Yeah. And that that last game uh, against the Lightning, that preseason game, that was probably, you know, as close to a regular roster, regular season uh, yeah. matchup as you're gonna have. The Predators played, you know, I, I would say pretty much their their what's gonna be their regular top nine. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, played a regular lineup. Stamkos, Kucherov, Braden Point, uh, you know, all-star forward Austin Watson, 
who scored a goal in the game. Um, so, you know, it, it was, you know, a regular ish lineup and the Predators put up 47 shots on goal. Yeah, that's that's a really good thing. I mean, they outshot Tampa. When was the last time that they outshot Tampa? Maybe like maybe they outshot Tampa one of those games during the COVID shortened season when they played Tampa like eight times, maybe once. But I don't know. Maybe not like them out shooting teams is so rare over the last like five years. Yeah, you could pick any team, uh, not even Tampa, and just say, when was the last time they outshot them? And I would have been like, huh, you may have a point there. I feel like they've never outshot Carolina. Probably ever. Like they've never had more shots than Carolina Hurricanes ever. Maybe once in like. 2009 or something like that maybe during the laviolette era probably yeah exactly um yeah i mean it's i I think the best way to sum up the preseason so far for me uh alex is there have been flashes of what this team can look like under andrew burnett Uh, You're seeing little moments where it's just, you know, the puck movement is crisp and the Preds are on the front foot and the Preds are attacking uh, and they're swarming the puck Mm -hmm. Um, combined with some moments that you look at and say, oh, yeah, that's that's the Nashville Predators of the past three years. Um, You know, I think there is, you know, kind of one sequence in that third period um, early on and you know of course it was Tampa so take it with a grain of salt but it was just they they sort of you know got swarmed uh, and sort of you know kind of retreated into sort of their little turtle shell defensive format like you know let's just not make a mistake kind of thing that we saw under John Hines uh, the discipline has still kind of been a little bit off so I would say it's it's sort of at that stage where you kind of see what this team can be there's just sort of a lot of hangover from how they played these sort of mediocre past couple of seasons that they still kind of have to work out of them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the penalties and special teams stuff is a work in progress. That's going to take a while. They, they, they refuse to stop taking penalties. It's just either because I, I do think there were a couple times where the the referees were really trying to call a lot to, you know, like they do in the preseason sometimes. Yeah. But they, yeah, they just, they keep, they keep going to the box and then their power play just, I, I, I mean, it's not, it's not been like horrible, but it, it just still feels like they're, they're trying to figure out exactly what kind of power play they're going to have. They've switched, switched around the, uh, the, the personnel a little bit. It, it's, it's a different looking power play. I mean, mm-hmm. two of the guys, really three if you count Ekholm from you know most of the year last year but but right. two of the guys two of the top guys are gone for Johansson and Duchesne so you're already replacing them and Ryan O'Reilly is like I mean he's a power play guy but he's not like those guys he's not he right. doesn't have the same offensive punch he has a he has a solid power play presence he's not bad in that area but he's not like Duchesne's you know offensive ability he's not like J- Johansson he's just different so like the power play is going to be weird for a while. I think the penalty kill will probably be just as good, but probably. But yeah, it's like it, like you said, there's there's a lot of um, uh, things they're still trying to shake off from the last three years. Yeah, the penalty kill is going to be great uh, as long as number seventy four is on the penalty killing unit. Yeah, uh, that's that I think fixes a, a lot of problems for the Nashville Predators. Uh, there is one week of training camp left before the Preds get to the regular season. And a couple of interesting things 
uh, to watch. So we're going to talk about what the biggest storylines to watch for in this final week leading to the regular season are. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. Uh, I love this. This is something that I take first thing in the morning. I have a glass of water, pump up some AG1, one scoop in a bottle of water every day, shake it up, down it, and then I am ready for the day. I feel unstoppable, ready to go. I have so much energy just because I know I'm doing something good for my body. Again, what, what I like about AG1 is it is. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on different vitamins, minerals, set little reminders on your phone uh, to figure out when you're supposed to take what. Instead, just one time in the morning and you're adapting 75 high quality ingredients that give you daily nutrients and support energy, focus, recovering, strength, and clarity. Plus, it's less than $3 a day, which is definitely cheaper than the daily Starbucks run you guys are making. Uh, and, you know, yeah, it's it's an effective daily habit with high quality source ingredients. So win-win there. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, drinkag1.com slash NHL network to check it out. All right, Alex, we are one week away, I guess a week and one day, to the start of the regular season. Two more preseason games to get to, both against the Carolina Hurricanes uh, and a couple more practices to get to. Uh, yeah, I mean, and to me, maybe just the biggest kind of storyline to watch out for is who's going to wind up sort of where in terms of a routine lineup. You know, we, we've seen Andrew Burnett shift some things around in camp. Uh, you know, there, there may be like you, you can kind of pick out pairings in the top nine. Uh, but, you know, who's going to play with them is still kind of up in the air. So to me, that kind of feels like maybe just the biggest in general thing uh, to watch for in this final week of camp. Okay. So for, for me, it, I'm going to be paying attention mostly to the forward lines. It seems like the defense is already set. Like it's going to be Yossi and Shen. It's going to be McDonough and Barry, and it's going to be Lozon and either Fabro or Carrier, which means that one of the two and a half million dollar defenseman is going to be healthy scratched every night which is that's excellent yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's certainly a thing <laughs> um and so the forward lines i mean all right so the one that i'm very confident in and it's not the top line the one that i'm pretty confident we're gonna see probably opening night is novak with tomasino and evangelista Mm -hmm. We saw that one on Saturday and they looked excellent. I mean, Novak and Evangelista have to be paired together at this point, I think. Yeah. And, and Tomasino makes sense because they're kind of a cohort. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that putting the, I think that's a line I feel very confident in, but the rest of it, I'm unsure. I mean, Parsonen, is he going to be more like a bottom liner with Cole Smith and Colton Sissons? Mm -hmm. Is he going to be no more near the top and have like, Sherwood with his line or Trennan, you know, like what? And then Sherwood's a guy that I have no idea. He could fit anywhere. He could be on the top line with O'Reilly and Forsberg. He could be on the bottom with 
with Michael McCarron. I have no idea. So like, he's a guy, I don't know where he's going to land, end up. Um, and then, you know, Sissons is a guy you can pretty much put anywhere, but I, I the, the forward lines are the, what I'm most interested in and what we'll probably hope to see them in the last two games, uh, this Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that top line is going to be fascinating just because we've seen so many people yeah. uh, rotate in and out with O'Reilly and Forsberg. I mean, those are kind of the only mm-hmm. sure things on that top line, of course. Um, but, you know, we, we saw Cole Smith uh, yeah. spend some time on the top line, both in camp and in a preseason game. Then we saw Dennis Gurionov uh, in the preseason yeah. game taking some reps. Uh, we saw Colton Sissons, uh, like, you know, have some moments on the top line as a winger. Uh, instead of a center. I don't know if that was just because, you know, they want to get another look or if that's something Andrew Renette is seriously yeah. considering. But I think that just goes to tell you that, you know, if this can go, you know, a bunch of different ways. Like Yuso Parson played center mostly in, in the preseason game, but he's also, you know, a lot of people think he can be a winger. Does he elevate up uh, to, to that number one line role? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it just seems like if Andrew Renette can figure out that then it seems like maybe the rest you know fall in place a little bit you know the other one we mentioned uh cody glass and gustav nyquist those two have been working together uh for yeah, the first practice uh they've been together every preseason game so mm-hmm. uh you know i i would say that's certainly the other part of line 2a 2b whatever you want to want to call those lines yeah um but but yeah i mean it just seems like you know, there's still sort of, you know, picking and choosing who goes where. And I will say it's exciting and it's good because it, it does feel like everybody, you know, is kind of getting a look compared to, you know, let, let's compare that to last year when the Preds entered camp. And basically the only roster battle was who's going to be, you know, the number two winger. And, you know, it feels like this is kind of opened things up a little bit more and has guys, you know, Maybe and I think the bigger thing, they have guys playing maybe differently than they've been in the past. So I feel like this is Andrew Burnett and Barry Trotz going, you know what, forget, you know, the role you played uh, in, you know, under John Hines system or even Peter Laviolette's system. This is your chance to maybe do something a little bit differently. Maybe show us if you think you should be playing a different role. Yeah, I, I just off the top of my head, I think four guys – are locked into a position and a side. Like I think Glass, Novak, O'Reilly are all centers. And then Forsberg is, is your top left wing. Other than that, it'd be like, like you said, Parson could be a center. He could be a, a wing. He could, uh, Colt Sissons, both. Uh, Nyquist is a wing, but like, you know, is he going to be, he's, he's probably a right wing uh, wherever he goes. But yeah. so like five, oh, what, five guys have like kind of locked into a spot, but definitely not locked into a, uh, a, uh, a shift time or a, um, a number of shifts kind of a spot where they're going to get this number of minutes every night. I mean, yeah, Burnett's all often talked about he wants balance and I know every coach wants balance, but what kind of balance does he want? Does he want every line to be, to be, to have, you know, a score, a distributor and a, a defensive stalwart, or does he want, does he want one line that just does kind of one thing? Well, I, I don't know. What kind of balance does he really want? It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, if, if anything, they've moved away from the line uh, identity, uh, which should, I think, excite a lot of people because it feels yeah. like, you know, maybe now Brunette is more open to using things, you know, 
or, or using players based on, you know, their, you know, their abilities and strengths and weaknesses rather than just, we need you to be this role or we need you to play this player. So, um, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, like we, we talk about a top nine, it, it could be a top 12. Like you could, you know, put together a fourth line that it's like, okay, like maybe this guy can score some 30, like 30 points a season, you know? So it's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, I do want to touch on defense just a little bit. I know that that's locked in uh, or, or seemingly locked in. Um, to, to me, it's just, it's, it's a fascinating thing because, you know, you have seven guys that were everyday NHLers last year. Yeah. And now you have, to me, three players who just, you know, let's say nine months ago, the Preds were kind of banking on being, you know, maybe their defensive core of the future. Jeremy Lazan, Alex Carey, and Dante Fabro. And, and in that nine months, it now seems like one of them is going to be fighting for a job, basically. Yeah. Um Remember how, like, for the last two years or maybe three years, it felt like, okay, well, they got to figure it out. Are they going Fabro or are they going Carrier? And they just continue to keep both of them in the mix. And yeah. yet another year of that. And now they're on one-year deals, and who knows? Yeah. <laughs> That's so – it's so funny. And, like, it just – it does make the Jeremy Lozon signing look worse every day because it's like he's not the most effective at his role and – but they he, they're paying him enough, and they signed him to to play that role. So it's like, I they've they've you never want to have. I mean, yes, you can never have too many defensemen. But like, if you don't have seven good ones, if you've got like five good ones and then like two okay ones or three four good ones and three okay ones, what are you really doing? You need you need to figure out which one of these guys is your actual future for that position and, and go with it and try to get something for the other one or figure out a new path, you know, because you, you can't just keep rolling this kind of idea of which one's going to be hot tonight, Faber or Carrier or Lausanne is, 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 or are we going to get one of these other guys to come up and play his role? It's just that, that part. I do. I, I still do think the top four is set. I think that's pretty set. They're going to roll with that at least for the first like month and see how it goes. But yeah. But yeah, the, the the bottom pairing and those those three guys, it's just how is that going to shake out? Yeah, that's not even including X factors like you know, or are, are, are you going to dangle Tyson Berry at the trade deadline, or you know, even sooner depending on what deals you get. So, I mean, that yeah. that to me is it, it's it's seems like the storyline that's wrapped up the most, but it's also going to be the one that's going to be fascinating uh, going into the regular season uh, because it feels like the Predators have got to make uh, some sort of you know, big move on that yeah. as well, just to, just to get some consistency going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting thing to watch, as we mentioned, two more preseason games this week. So maybe we'll get a better idea of kind of what Andrew Burnett is thinking in terms of permanent lines and consistency and all that. Uh, and also plenty to watch in the final practices as well. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, give us a pitch as to where we can find your work. Well, penaltyboxradio.com, of course. Uh, you can find Nick's work there as well. Uh, find me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. And I just want to say, in, in Anne, uh, I, I've been hanging out with Anne quite a lot this week because she's been at training camp. Mm -hmm. uh, Anne has been a, a wonderful a wonderful cohort, teammate, whatever you want to call her, at mm -hmm. training camp and has come through in a pinch in regards to snacks. 
Yes. So there have been multiple times where Anne, uh, where I've been, you know, hungry, and for some reason the little store isn't open, and she's been kind enough to share snacks with us. And uh, that that right there should tell you all about all you need to know about Anne. She her snacks saved my ass during draft weekend. Let me tell you that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah she's she's the best. Uh, she'll be back later this week. Uh, you can find my work, as Alex mentioned, at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. So just search Locked on Predators and hit that subscribe button. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.